1: get into the mailbag vince we have some questions here if you all have more questions please get those to us we'll get them over we'll get those answered for you real quick and if there's things you want to ask about the game or maybe some disagreements you have and you'd like some clarity or you'd like to kind of to have a discussion about it throw those in there too and we'll answer all of them but uh lucky ducks 512 vince is going to start us off here
2: oh super chat thank you very very much lucky ducks so who surprised you on both sides of the ball
1: Pat Coogan was the big surprise for me offensively. Now, now I'll say this: there were some mistakes by him that I that I saw in the game that he needs to clean up. Uh, he was my lowest graded offensive lineman, but lowest graded amongst five guys that played pretty well. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of like if you've got five five-stars, somebody's gonna have to be the lowest ranked of the five five stars, right? I'm not I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but Sure. I thought he played good football for his first start. He's not and it's not even like he was a backup last year. He barely played I think he only played like one game last year, right? One game. And and so you're gonna see some of those mistakes. But the the one miss the one thing I got wrong last night in the breakdown was I said that he was late reacting to a stunt because he got caught. He actually was blocking a guy and then just yes. lost him.
2: Just let him was go. A defensive
1: lineman. That's what happened yes. on that. Yes. So there was there was but about they-
2: four or five they picked up the twist like it was. a. It was, yeah, it was a they, picked it the actually, they picked well. it up actually. Well, I thought they lost just, the
1: twist and yeah. then he kind of let him go. And he it was... stopped, stopped moving his feet. What yeah, but it he stopped moving. And then, his he feet. Had, then he ended up tripping him.
2: And, uh you right. Because there was a lot him. of
1: people saying, like, oh, it's a dirty play by that Navy guy. And it's actually no Coogan tripped him. He was stumped. And yeah. if you see, the guy was trying to pull up as he as yes. he went low into Hartman's knees. He was actually trying to pull up like yes. he didn't want to just dive into his legs. He got tripped. Uh, but but I'd say Coogan didn't play quite as well as I thought he did live, but still played good football for his first start. Vince, right. Yeah, like he, he that's better why I, I didn't spend time during the show, actually, like nitpicking every little mistake he made. Sure. But he 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 played better than I thought coming into the game. He still played a lot better than I thought he was going to play coming in. I yeah. thought I, here's the thing about Pat Coogan. When he moves his feet, he's OK, at least against mm-hmm. a team like Navy. I still have some questions about is he going to be able to move bigger guys? That's still a concern for me. Sure. I still don't I still don't know the answer to that. Is he going to be able to move bigger guys? Um you know, we'll we'll find out, but I thought I thought for this game, I thought he played well. Defensively, who surprised me? Um Jordan Patelho. I mean, I just don't think this I wouldn't have said to you before the game, this is a Jordan Patelho game. Like, because it requires discipline right, and block right. destruction and things that he's not shown to be good at. I was really surprised at how well he played. And, and, say, and Maris was a surprise too, but we talked about him yesterday. I say, I say Jordan Patelho was, to me, the biggest surprise on defense of how well he defended the option from a discipline sure. and technical standpoint.
2: I will say, hmm, offensively, I'll just say I was surprised all five running backs got time when the game was still a game i I was hoping that would happen, but it it surprised me um that they were able to do that. so i I appreciate that they went in with a plan and made sure that that happened. So that was a good surprise. And then I will say Josh Burnham on defense. I thought he played really, really well for his real like his first minutes at that position. Uh, I thought he played really, really well. I, I was very impressed with him. He's gonna get a lot of minutes this year, I think.
0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is
3: only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Next question, Vince, is from Michael S. All
2: right, Michael, thank you very, very much for the super chat. Noah Eagle. Is no Tarico, but he's 150% better than Collinsworth, whose gravel voice is as pleasant as chalk on the blackboard. Is Noah the new voice, or does NBC nepotism still reign? Continue the good work. He was a fill-in, I believe. Uh Jack was sick. We'll say that. Vince,
1: I Jack Collinsworth's voice doesn't bother me. I mean, I grew up listening to his dad, and his dad's it's voice doesn't bother me. Not yeah, but his his dad's voice doesn't yeah. bother me either. I mean, we no. listen to his dad doing Notre Dame oh, games yeah. back in the '90s. Yep, right. Uh, it's it's just that he's just not not right not yet not yet. He's just not good at his job yet. Correct. I think he'll eventually get there as long as he you know is hungry and has a like as long as he takes pride in his craft. Like everybody who's not good at their job when they first start doing it, you know. Like if we'd have done podcasts when I first started getting to cover this team, it would have not gone well. Just because the attitude that I had, the demeanor I had, it wouldn't have gone well. I'm glad that I didn't. And even this, you get better at it. But uh, it just is one of those things where it's kind of like the, the the frustration that people had with the last offensive coordinator hire before this one. It's like, not that the guy doesn't have ability, but like is is he really the guy now? Is it now his time, or is this more of a other reasons for it? But his voice doesn't bother me. Uh, it's just – it's just – um. He just isn't good at it yet, right? I mean, and and that you know the frustration of like, man, Paul Burmeister does a great job whenever he's had to fill in. Like, I just, oh, man, I guess he's part veteran, of it too is I just, man. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I just, I just don't like Sorry. the fact that Notre Dame is the proving ground for yeah. announcers. Like that, that yeah. bothers me that NBC puts their yeah. rookies on the Notre Dame game. It's like, can we hold Notre Dame in a little bit higher esteem? Right, that would be great.
1: Right. That's all. would be nice. Right. Yeah. Would certainly be nice. Um, yeah. But as you said, he's just a fill in at the time.
2: Yeah. Matt with the super chat. Thank you very, very much. He says, long live the king of Ireland. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. He's never going right to down. No, he's not. That's the one thing he did wrong. Uh, John Bertucci with the super chat. Thank you very, very much, John great work on the past game breakdown go irish referring to the boards on the boards yeah. there's an awesome pass breakdown it. and uh i i enjoyed it and i know everybody else will enjoy it too if they like jumping into the numbers and i know you're planning on putting the run game breakdown out yeah. there as well yeah but you got to be on the boards you got to be on the board yeah run game wise
1: i'm going to do i'm going to break it down by by run concept and then like left right within that run concept uh overall left right numbers and then uh run like what run plays each back ran and the success that they had so like what did audric do on inside zone what did he do on counter that kind of thing so yeah you'll like it you'll like it and like i have like the receiver numbers like this guy was targeted four times on this this many completions and what routes did they throw to you know and what the numbers were there. It was a lot of fun putting it all together. But yeah, I sent you the you saw the sheet, Vince. I sent that to you because Vince was like, hey, can we find out what the numbers are going to be like left versus right? running the ball. And I was like, yeah, we can figure that out. <laughs>
2: yeah, I might have it right here.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's I haven't stuff. done that in a couple of years, but I just decided, you know what, man, I'm just going to start doing putting more stuff onto the message board and just stuff that's going to be premium people only. So, yeah. But thank it. you for that, John.
2: Matt with another super chat he says uh, I know we didn't have any 40 plus big ones but if there were further out Colsey and 24 would have gone to the house but
1: my only my only thought on that Vince is I, I we got to be careful saying that possibly possibly. But when you get to like the twenty-five in, defenses are playing you differently. They're not going to be playing their safeties as deep when you're that close to the goal line. Right. So maybe, maybe, but I, I don't know necessarily if that would have been the case. But yeah, you know, they didn't get any forty big ones. But as we talked about last night, we we need to see more of that big game stuff. Yeah, and um, you no know, big gain stuff. Excuse me, but we saw a lot of twenties and 30, you know, 25s and thirties. And that's the stuff that I was happy to see last night, but so I'm actually going to pull it was up very
2: efficient. Like yeah. it was, it was, yeah, they didn't have the big gainers and that, but that's fine. I didn't really mind it because they were very efficient. They put well, good drives together.
1: Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind it from the standpoint of they didn't need it to be Navy. I'd still like to see it. Um, but it, it was one of those things where, you saw the foundation of it in that it's going to come sure that that was kind of my that was kind of my thing is it's going to come because you could just see things last night that would lead you to believe like hey you know this is this is gonna it's gonna get there yeah they just didn't do it right and so that's still a need right that's still something we need to see but as you said the efficiency piece was there and you know hit a couple of those places and look I mean the, the the throw to Tobias would have been another long one. The outcut to Colsey, if he if he if he reads that you know differently next time and decides to throw to Tobias, that's a, wherever he was at was going to be a touchdown. I mean, the, and that was of Tyree,
2: out for throw to Tyree would have been a touchdown. It wasn't super far out. The one that went into the end zone where he got pass interfered with. How far? Maybe. Would that well, have been?
1: he's got a he's got to run that route better. Like, okay, that would have been about a. I think they were at about the thirty yard line. Okay, 30, 35 yard line. The thing about Tyree is there was a couple. There's gonna. He, I was pleased with how he played last night. Like he looked like a wide receiver. Yeah. There's gonna be stuff where they're just gonna start getting him the ball more in space. Mm-hmm. And and there was a couple times last night we're like, mm, like okay, I, I want to see that play call. And that's something that I want to see a little bit more from you know Coach Parker's gonna get even better at. It's just a little bit more awareness on certain play calls of who's in the game. Sure. You know, uh, but I thought they did a nice job of that for the most part. But but you'll you'll see him get even better at it as he as he um you know as he as he does it more. So I I want to see a little bit of a little bit of that. But you know that's that's kind of nitpicking a little bit. But that stuff will come. I mean that stuff will come. Sure. There's no doubt so that stuff will come. And and you know and it, I don't think I don't think Notre Dame was necessarily gearing up to try to hit a bunch of 60s last night either because you're not necessarily trying to do that when you're playing a team that's brings so much pressure. You're trying to hit those intermediates and maybe catch that's some runs. Point. And that's and so, point. you know, they just did a lot of the, a lot of that stuff, I thought was part of what they did last night too. But yeah. I want to see more of the home runs, but I, I got no, I have no complaints with what we saw last night. No, I, was, I was pleased with that. So let me, let me look at, see what the, what the, I want to look up what Notre Dame's overall number was last night. Let me just pull this up here real quick. So we've got that. Let me just uh, get to the Navy game because I wanna I wanna pull this up and just see exactly what the results were. So last night in the game, Vince, uh, let's see here. let me pull this up real fast. So <clears throat> I've got the I've got it broken down, but it's a little bit difficult to uh, I've got to copy and paste it onto another thing because I can't I can't necessarily. Uh, do it so so last night in the let's go descending so last night in the pass game they had gains of uh, 35 25 22 20 20 so five pass plays of 20 or more yards and then they had see one two three four five six seven eight runs of, of 10 yards or more so, and then you know they had the 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 past plays that were at five over twenty, had two of nineteen that were nineteen. So you had six total plays of over twenty yards. That's that's a good number. Yeah. You know, that's a good number. Uh not a great number, but a good number. And if you look at last year, so let's say, what did I say, Vince, What it was? It was one, two, three, four, five, six gains of over 20 yards. So six times, let's say 13. That if if Notre Dame does that every game, it would have ranked them last year 17th, tied with Alabama and Michigan. But Michigan would have played one more game in plays of 20 yards or more. This is trying to give a little bit of context. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You know, but the the gains of over 30, not as good because they only had one. And then that would have, you know, that would have gotten them to last year, would have gotten them. I mean, they'd be down near the bottom. So not a lot of big plays. Those need to come. But you saw a foundation to lead to it. Yeah. And that's what we'll need to see. And and at the end of the year, this stuff kind of balances itself out. You you didn't get any last week, but you'll probably have like five against Tennessee State next week. You know, and it balances it out a little bit, you know, when you you look at it from that standpoint.
2: Connor Patton, my guy, Connor, welcome back. And uh, thank you for the super chat very much. He says he's super excited for the season. Thanks for the great coverage.
1: You're Vince, welcome. we only get super chats from Connor when you're on the show. Just want just to throw that out there to you. So I love that. That's I your love dude. It.
2: Yeah. love it. Nathan Milton with the super chat. Thank you very much, Nathan. Coach Marcus Freeman made comments about how good the operation and the communications was by the offense. Am I nuts for thinking that's a subtle shot at Tommy Reese?
1: I don't think you're nuts because I think fans just think about that a lot. I don't think that was in any way what either. Coach Freeman was talking about. Like this is the thing we have to do as fans. Right, so it's there's nothing Marcus Freeman can say about how well the team played yesterday and praise his coaches in any way without someone taking it as, right? You know, I thought Jared Parker had a great game plan last night. Oh, does that mean that he didn't think Tommy Reese did? La- no, now he may think that. I have no idea, right. but I, I I know Coach Freeman well enough to know that he's not going to be taking little like subtle, subtle shots. side yeah. shots at Tommy Reese. They don't have a bad relationship. They didn't have a bad relationship when they were here. Uh, and and honestly, that's the last. Like right now, Marcus Freeman's not thinking about Brian Mason and Tommy Reese and all the people nope. that have left. He's worried about beating Navy and then going out next week. Beat Tennessee State. So, right. do I think you're nuts? No, I don't think you're nuts because we're fans. We look at things differently and we think about that kind of stuff. And so I I, I totally understand why you would think that, Nathan. I'm I'm not coming down on you at all. I, you know, I'm just saying from from what I know of Marcus Freeman and and the people that I know that know him really well and the conversations that he and I have had. I'd be shocked if he had all thought at anything about Tommy Reese on that plan. I don't mean that like he doesn't give a crap about Tommy. I'm saying he's just worried about his football team not taking shots at Tommy.
2: and it was game one and right. there's a new offensive coordinator right. and there's a new quarterback. And so right. he was, he was simply commenting on it was just really good communication right. from the top. Probably all the way surprisingly.
1: Down to, so to the I mean, quarterback. Yeah. He probably had some built-in expectations for some of those things, maybe not to be as sharp as, as you would hope in a game in game one, probably. Yeah. Right. So no, I, 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 honestly don't think that that was in any way a, a, a shot at coach Reese. I don't. I, really right. don't. I agree, but I also can understand why as a fan, you might take it that way. I, I do.
2: Another super chat. This one from Tyler Evans. Thank you very much, Tyler. What was your favorite offensive play and defensive play yesterday?
1: Ooh, that's a good one, Vince. Do you have any off the, off the, um, kind of off the top of your top of your head? I mean, I, th- I think, the the thing for me is the best. The, my favorite play yesterday was the shot to Great House, and and then also the shot to, to Barrett, Tobias Merriweather, Even though it didn't hit, I just like the fact that they st- they found ways to take shots. I mean, look, the other part of the big play thing yesterday, Vince, is that Notre Dame was up twenty eight nothing when they got the ball in the third quarter. They had only had four possessions. It's kind of like, do you really want to take a shot against a heavy blitz team, and then maybe it doesn't go your way and you get blindsided, and they you know they. So they came out in the second half, just kind of ran at Navy and felt them out a little bit and just kind of reestablished line of scrimmage again. And by that point in time, it's 35 to nothing. But, you know, I just, I just kind of felt like there were those shots. You know, there was that shot to to, to great house. It was a play action, all verts. It was all verts by the trip side, Vince. It wasn't all verts by the tight end. They ran a deep out for the tight end to kind of take that backside Go corner ahead. and safety with it. They ran a seam Go from ahead. number three, ran a backside seam. Tyree ran that front side seam and then they had a goal route that that converted to a stop because the corner bailed. So when you're running an all verts and the corners bail, you you stop it. You know, you either come back or you stop it. I just would have liked to see Chris Tyree bend that sucker in a little bit versus too high. You know, when you're yeah. running too high and you're running trips out of that side and there's a too high safety look, you've got to bend in front of that near side safety because the other guy's taking that other safety with him. You're not going to run into his route because he's taking, he's going backside and that'll be something that Chris will learn. I would hope the coach Stuckey would kind of point that out when they do film today and sure, and say, Hey, look, you know, Hey, you bend this sucker in. Yeah. You still, you're pro- you're still going to get the PI, but you might actually catch that sucker. And as good as the PI was you catching it at the two or, or even in the end zone would have been even better. Yeah, you know, and, and so just a, it's part of the learning process for a guy still learning to play receiver. But I like that they took those shots. I mean, those were designed shots, Vince. Sure. You know, those were designed shots. And um, that's the thing I liked about them is they were not. Oh, let's let's. Oh, they c- went cover zero. Now we'll take a shot. I mean, they were designed um, to to go take shots. That's what those were about. This and I, one right those here the ones I liked.
2: This isn't what well, this one right here was mine uh because of the way that Sam Hartman was moving around the pocket with his head up was able to find Great House in the corner in the front corner of the end zone like just the movement of the quarterback man it was like okay this th- we we got something here like that was definitely my favorite offensive play and it was a broken play to be honest and that was my favorite play because of the play that he made out of it so that's mine for offense Defensively,
1: the, the merest play for me, Vince, not the force fumble. That was great. But okay. the play two plays later, when I'm actually it's actually um it just popped in my head because it's actually getting ready to play on the, the TV. I got it on on the, the other monitor. I've got the game on. But the play he made, and it was two plays later, might actually I think I might actually be that that play now, but where he read he was backside and he read the dive and he scraped over top and blew the quarterback up for a short gain and forced a third down that Navy did not convert. That was probably my favorite play because that was an instinctive play. That was a yeah. discipline. Like that was read your key. Don't, you know, and, and, and then boom, then you exploded the ball. That's the stuff Maris hasn't done. And so to see him do that. Yeah. I mean the athletic chase you down play. We always knew Maris was athletic and that's the kind sure. of play you expect the guy with his ability to his athleticism to make. The play two plays later, maybe it was a play later, Vince. That was more of the that shows me that the the, in, the linebacker feel was there on that play. And then the athleticism took over. Sure. That was probably my favorite play of the game. And, and the other one that would be in consideration is when Josh Burnham got his sack. That was just kind of like, I was a little He just ran his linebacker like, over. They man. better play this kid more, man. And it, what we yeah. don't talk about it, is Gabriel Ruby had the initial pressure. Yeah. Gabriel right smoked that dude inside and forced him inside, and then Josh cleaned it up. So that was probably yep. my second favorite play.
2: I really enjoyed watching uh, J.D. Bertrand uh, on the – I don't know if – I can't remember if it was a sweep or if it was a pitch, but it was an outside play, and he just comes underneath and just hawks that guy down. Like I, That was fantastic. And then also, I don't know why, but I just really enjoy watching safeties play the alley. And mm-hmm. so in the second half, when Xavier Watts was playing the alley so well, it's like a couple of plays in a row. Like he just yeah. comes down like a freight train and just takes that out second the... half
1: adjustment for the safeties Man. was noticeable on the first yes. play of the half.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was like, okay, there's the zero I know and love. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and like also that... showed
1: that the game plan had adjusted too. Like for sure.
2: Okay. For sure. But yeah, that was yeah. for me, those are probably my favorite ones on defense.
1: Yeah. Good question. Got another super chat down here, Vince.
2: All right from 410 JP. Thank you very very much. Do you think the refs cheated Cam out of that fumble?
1: I don't know if I'd say they cheated him, but you know, like I think that's taking it into a The only reason I'll say no, I think they made the wrong call. I don't want to say that they cheated him because that that implies that there was a, an intentional miss of the call. And I I have no reason to believe that. I just I just think they messed it, missed it. That's what I think. I sure. think they missed it. So, But no, I, I, I'll i say this. It was the wrong call. Th- There's no way that that guy had full possession of the ball before J.D. J. Bertrand ripped it out of his hands, in my opinion. That's a heck of a play by Cam Hart, though, to force that ball out. He came up, blew that play up, man. He really did.
2: Anthony Solomon, thank you very much for the Super Chat. Thanks for the show tonight, gentlemen.
1: You're welcome, you Anthony. are welcome.
2: Michael S, what second string offensive linemen played and how did they do?
1: I mean, they did okay. I mean, they did okay. I mean, they they came in and played hard and all that. Vince, they only played it. Uh, Tosh played early. Tosh was actually yes. in on the first touchdown of the game.
2: Yep, he was part of that. They big, brought
1: the big him package, in the yeah. jumbo
2: package or whatever you want yeah. to call it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was a six offensive lineman package is what they right. did. Yep. Uh, but Tosh played. Uh, I love on the first play of, of, of that Billy Shrouth is pushing a guy like seven, eight yards down the field. So that was nice to see, there we but go. you had left to right. You had Tosh at left tackle, Billy Shrouth at left guard, you had Ashton Craig at center. Looks like Andrew Kristoff at right tackle and a right guard. And then Emil Wagner, at right tackle. No, he played like five plays. So was yeah. a pretty you short know. drive. Yeah. Yeah. But no, they, they, they were fine. You know, Navy was loading the box at that point in time. And, and and right. those type of things, but no, I thought they did fine. Ashton Craig should have got called for a hold. Oh, that was another thing. Uh, Ashton Craig's got to be real, or excuse me, Pat Coons got to be really careful with a couple of those runs that were to his side, okay. where he was getting his arm a little bit out and not letting go. He could have, he might have got called for a couple holds. And if you're playing on the road, when I'll tell you this right now, when you're playing at NC State in two weeks, yep, they'll call that. Cold. Yeah, when you're playing Ohio State at home with Big Ten refs, that's getting called. Yeah. there's no doubt so it's just a technical thing that you've got to improve upon that, that's what it is yeah that's what i mean they didn't get a great push vince the second team line outside of really billy but yeah, you know, i thought they were they did their job you know they knew what to do for the most part and you know, it's a, it was a learning it's a learning opportunity for them so yeah um yeah yeah and that was uh the 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 pass to rico is not a design pass that was an rpo so that was the uh the fourth rpo of the night but i didn't have that charted because I didn't chart the last five or six plays because I don't like adding kind of I I'll say garbage. I mean I think that's a disrespectful term, but I don't like adding a um, when you put the second teamers in into sure. stats because I think it can skew it. To be honest with you, but
2: Anthony Solomon. Actually, Lewis. we already we already had
1: that one. Sorry.
2: Well, thanks again, Anthony. Appreciate
1: uh, it. I'm not even going to have you read that one, but Matt, thanks for the super chat. Appreciate that. i sure not what that um, means, but all right. Yeah, uh, it's because okay. uh, some people don't think you actually had cramps. They think it was something oh. else. So, oh, okay, yeah. I see. No, yeah. no,
2: my legs will tell you otherwise. Because
1: yeah. I... if you go back, and because now some somebody sent me the video. You went like this. You went. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was <laughs> they, like, oh, that hurts. It's going to get memed. It's going to uh, get memed, Vince. I'm just, I love I, it. I
2: hate, hate to tell you I, that was painful. All right. Uh, Justin Webb, thank you for the super chat. I love that they've already sent you the video, by the way. Um, yeah. He says, I work second chip. <laughs> Thanks for what you guys do, especially on the recruiting sides. A little shout to Ryan on that one. Yeah, Webb. man. Re- Thanks, Justin. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Got another super chat here.
2: Nathan Milton, is there any reconsideration in keeping Vince in the press box? What? He's trying to kick I, me he out. He keeps think... talking about
1: this. Like, uh... <laughs> Vince <laughs> is <laughs> – Vince is going to be in the press box.
2: Yeah. I'm not missing this game, guys. I'm sorry. I think I speak for all IB Nation that I want him there for the OSU game, VD21 for life. Oh, he thinks I'm not going to be there. Oh. Oh, I'm in there.
1: Yeah, he's made like several comments about that, and I, I don't I don't understand why that's being oh, made. Oh, I'll be Vince, there. I've, don't worry. Yeah, Vince will be in the press box this year. <laughs>
2: Uh, and uh, Justin, this was just an, he, 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 oh, he, he did the super twice. chat twice. So well, I, I just wanted to Justin. thank him
1: for the, for the, for both of them, but. Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah. Man. So let's, let's get back to the top Vince. And okay. uh, we got some more questions here. We're not just doing super chats. we got some more questions coming up tonight.
2: Florida Irishman. I saw a lot of players play, but none of the young linebackers. Did I miss something? Well,
1: Jalen seed played and Nolan's not there. You didn't see Jaden Osbury, Drake Bowen and, and Preston Zinner. And honestly, there were several other freshmen we didn't see. Because you have to be smart as a coach and you don't go into Navy thinking you're going to be to my 39 and get all your backups in. It's nice to right. do, but you've got Tennessee state coming up next week. And if you're being honest, you never want to say, Oh, you look, looking ahead to the next game, but let's be real guys. They know what Tennessee state is and they know what this game is going to look like. And they know that they're going to get a lot of backups and young guys in that game. Sure. If you have any intention of redshirting some of these guys, do you really want to burn two out of the four games you can play in the first two weeks? Right. You got to think about that. And especially against an option team like that. So just keep making stops, get them out of the game and you can get those guys in there next week. That's pretty much basically what it means to me is that's 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 what I thought. Now, I don't know if they played like special teams or anything like that, but I, I didn't see they weren't on defense and it wouldn't surprise me if that was the reason why. Because you know they're going to play next week. And and they're probably yeah. going to play two weeks after that, if we're being honest, when they play Central Michigan. So right. you blow out Navy, and all of a sudden, you, if you have any intention of red-shirting like Jaden Osbury or Preston – Drake Bowen or Preston Center or Micah Bell or Adon Schuler, Ben Minnick or the, you know those guys, Charles Jagas, any of those linemen, you're now – you play them against Navy, they're going to have probably three. three games under their belts before you even get to out of September. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if that's necessarily where you want to be. So um, some people say, well, you know, we're not overlooking teams and all that. I understand all that, but you kind of that's that's part of what a head coach has to do, man. That's part of the decision making, managing your roster decisions that you have to make.
2: Jeremy Miller, lack of defensive rotation was noticeable. Do you believe that was triple option related? Do you feel long-term best option to play next to Watts? Go Irish.
1: So I feel like there's two questions here. Uh, First one is the lack of a defensive rotation was noticeable. I don't think there was a lack of a rotation. I think there's at linebacker, there was a little bit of a lack of rotation, which makes sense considering who they're playing. But when I look at the defensive line, they played four D tackles the whole night. They played five DNs in normal minutes. They played Javante, Jean-Baptiste, Nana They played Josh Burnham. They played yep. Junior and, of course, yep. Jordan Patelho. Yep. They played three corners, and they played three safeties in part, as part of the rotation. So I, I, think, what it, I think to answer your question, I, I do think they rotated maybe more than, than some people are discussing, but I do think, however, the rotation was kind of pared down a little bit on the back end of the defense – because you didn't see any nickel number one. That right. that's gonna keep Thomas Harper and when right. they, they, the they also played they also played yeah. Clarence Lewis. So they did play seven So they actually played four corners because they played Jaden Mickey and Clarence Lewis, also. So that's gonna cut down on that a little bit, that rotation. And also to your point, Jeremy, I think this this part is accurate. We saw last year what happened when Notre Dame was forced to play a bunch of freshmen on defense against the triple because JD was hurt and there were some other injuries. Right. So Jalen and junior had to play a lot of linebacker. And that's where a lot of the mistakes came. I point this out, like almost every time they had a big run last year, junior or Jalen was on the field. Yeah. And sometimes both of them. And it right. doesn't mean they were the only ones responsible. It's just, there was a lot of young guys playing in that game on defense yeah. last year. And we saw what happened. They gave yeah. up big plays. They gave up, they, they, they had some mistakes. So I don't, I just don't think they wanted to, to give that up this game. And the veteran guys have a better idea of where to go. Now, of course your oldest guy on the field gave up two huge mistakes and another fifth year senior got peeking into the backfield. I mean, so they still had their fair shares of mistakes, but I think it was more, they were more concerned about just the run fits. I mean, like we've said before, one wrong run fit by a linebacker against a triple option and it's a 30 yard game minimum. Right. You know, yep. and I think it was, it was, so I do think some of it was option related long-term best n- n- option to play next to Watts. I'm sorry. I'm just getting Ramon rolling moving forward. I mean, yeah, I I don't think this was necessarily a great Ramon Henderson game. You know, Ramon's not a great like open field tackler, maybe in the past. I mean, he's not always the most disciplined guy assignment-wise, but now that you're past the option, I'm I'm playing Ramon more and DJ's just more of a of a rotation guy. I'm 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 gonna try to get Thomas, I mean uh, Antonio Carter ready because we know who DJ Brown is. Like he is who he is at this point in time. It just that's just the fact. Yep, and that means great kid, great leader all that good stuff, but just not a, just I not a guy you're going to, you're going to, you know, you you want to be playing 50 snaps against Ohio State, in my opinion. That's right.
2: And, and that's, and here, look, here's the thing. The, the defense against a triple option is going to be different than any defense they play for the rest of the year. So we can't make a whole lot of judgments based on, we can make some, but not a bunch, right? And so I thought Ramon Henderson was the best second safety in camp, at least what we got to see. That's me personally. So I'm hoping that I see number 11 out on the field a little bit more often. We'll see what happens. You know, I think he's the, I, to me, I think he's the best option to play alongside Watts, but I think there's also going to be a bit of a rotation there, whether we like it or not. I think there's going to be a rotation there. So.
1: All right. Let's get to some more
2: single digit dreams guys thoughts on the safety play
1: yeah, and we talked a little bit about this. I wanted to pull this up as well. I um, I I overall I just I didn't think they were used they were more used as a security blanket um, in the first half, just limit the big runs. That's kind of the impression I got from how they were used in the first half. I think second half, Xavier was used a little bit more to to trigger and he was pretty effective at it in my opinion. The other safeties were just, they just weren't, didn't really do a whole lot. And I didn't think DJ played well at all. So I, I I did not, I did not, uh, did not have an issue. So, um, yeah, Vince, mine is as well. Okay. So it's a, it's a streamer thing. Yep. I just wanted to double check. Just mine did the same thing at the same time. So,
2: okay. Nathan Milton. Was it me or did the O-line look more physical than last year?
1: No, I mean, I, I don't think it looked more physical than last year. Maybe against Navy, right. but I mean, there was. If you want to talk about, I mean, is it more physical than last year? Just pop into Clemson game from last year, the BC right. game. You know, uh, I thought what we saw Saturday that I I liked is we saw more movement at guard than we saw last year. That was the big thing, and I think that's more personnel related to to your to your point, Nathan. Is that's the thing that I noticed. It's not that they were more physical. It's that they have a guard at right guard that's more capable of moving people mm-hmm. than Josh Lugg or Jarrett Patterson was. Pat Coogan got more movement than we're used to seeing from Jarrett Patterson last season. Jarrett was more do your job, be a good athlete, that kind of stuff. He wasn't a mover. Um, this is this is more about that. This is more of a. Yeah. They had guys that are physically capable of moving people at this point in time. So that's the, that's what I think. So I'll say that being more being physical doesn't always mean that you're dominant, right? A a guy can play as hard as he wants, and it doesn't mean he's going to be able to move the other guy. He's not capable of it, but another, I mean, two guys could, you know, Quentin Nelson could play just as hard as your 250 pounds, six foot one right guard going against the best defensive tackle in the country. And Quentin can take him on and move him. The other guy, gets his butt kicked they're both playing just as hard just as physical but one guy's just more capable does that make sense does that kind of explain it a little bit better yeah it's just i think with rocco spindler they had a the guy that's just more capable this is what we always hoped that rocco could be i mean you saw his better feet last night he was moving better he's just in better shape his body is completely re- remember that big old kind of middle he had last year mm-hmm. vince that's gone i mean he just yep. he looked great gotta
2: give a lot he of looked credit to him really it. really I good mean, he could have been like, yeah, I guess this isn't in the cards for me. He could have transferred. He could have done a bunch of different things. But instead, he worked himself back into a viable option and then won the job. And yeah. he played really, really well in game one. More games to come, but he played really well. And yeah. I I was very happy.
1: Yep. All right, let's get to some more. Good questions here today, everybody.
2: Carlos Garza uh, what are your all's thoughts on the USC game? Did you think the new clock rule can be an advantage for Notre Dame when it's time to play them?
1: I mean, I, I don't care about the clock rule. I don't. I mean, yeah. here's what I think about the clock rule if a team was going to beat you 38 to 35, now they're just going to beat you 31 to 28. I, I've said this all the time. It's when people f- would freak out about Navy. Oh, they limit possessions. Okay. So instead of beating them 42 to 10, you beat them 24 to 3, right? right. Like you're still going to win or lose based on how you play that game. So if you limit possessions, it just means that they still beat you because they're better than you. It just means it's a lower-scoring game than it w- otherwise would have been. I, I just – I don't buy into that whole thing. Uh, what I will say is, is USC looked like they were playing a first game with a bunch of new guys. Uh, but you know, I thought the O-line kind of moved San Jose State around in the second half. They were better in the second half, but they just out talented San Jose State. Uh, they were just a lot bigger. I think their defense is still a mess. Uh, schematically they just don't play sound football they've got good athletes but they're just they're just not a disciplined defense offensively they were rusty I mean they look like a team is supposed to look in week one that's what I sure. thought about last night vince when I watched that game I just they're a talented team that was kind of going through some of the game one Notre Dame played abnormally sharp for an opener like, let's 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 be honest about that. Notre Dame was abnormally sharp for a team that you expect in the opener. We saw in the, a lot of the other games what team Vanderbilt had some just dumb plays last night that allowed Hawaii to hang around. They were a better team than Hawaii. They just made some mistakes. Notre Dame's game was a bit of an anomaly for what you expect in an opener against yeah. a decent opponent. Right uh san jose state and navy are very similar and i mean navy was four and eight with a lot of close losses to good teams san jose state was like six and seven in a, in a weaker conference i mean they're very similar navy and usc struggled to stop the run did a good job getting pressure on the quarterback a little sloppy on offense but they have mm-hmm. some really talented players had a kick return for a score so i, I mean they are very talented and they had a sloppy first game which you or i wouldn't say sloppy I, that's bad rusty yeah right just kind of f- typical yeah. first game stuff now if they're yeah. doing this in week three and four then you start to get a little bit worried but it's honestly it's like it's what I warned could happen to Notre Dame in the opener it's why I said my goal was just survive in advance against Navy just get out of the first game you get get right next week against you know against uh, Tennessee State and and just just get the W right I, I didn't really care that Notre Dame came out and I mean I'm excited that they won 42 to 3 I think that's great but it wasn't like, oh, they better do this or else. And that's sure. kind of how I felt about USC last night. I mean, they were sloppy, but they still went for 501 yards and 7.3 yards of play. And now some of that was a little misleading because they had like a play where he drops a ball and just hurls it down the field and, you know, they get a touchdown. It's like, that's not probably going to work against Notre Dame or Utah. I'd like or, to try <laughs> that against Notre Dame, though. You know what me. I mean? Or, you know, there's some Superman stuff that he can do against a team like that. Then there's Superman stuff that only works against San Jose State. You know what I mean? So yep. no, I thought they 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 looked they looked they like you'd cover, expect that. Yeah, I actually didn't pick them to cover. I, I predicted them to win the game, but not to cover. I, that doesn't surprise me. That they didn't cover. So yeah, that's that's one I would have been pretty adamant about because exactly like what we saw last night, they're going to be a little sloppy.
2: Tyler Evans, I watched the USC game last night, and the USC defense did not look good. And the face of Alex Grinch was priceless. So
1: I didn't notice the that. Super chat. Yeah, I didn't notice. I didn't pay attention to him, but uh, USC. Yeah, they did not. No, they did not look good. No, they didn't.
2: I mean, they it's gave up 28 paid. points to you know San Jose
1: State, so yeah. It's, not yeah, it's not like they gave up like 40 or anything like that. Right. But yeah, I mean, right. they're, they're, they're not San Jose State's not a an offensive juggernaut. You know, they right. averaged 27.4 last year. San Jose did have a decent defense last year, though. I won't say that. But um, you know, they did a pretty good job against them, in my opinion. And they're a pretty experienced team, but no, they they look like a team playing their first opponent against an okay opponent. And they'll they'll be better next week. I'm trying to see who I'm trying to forget who USC has. I know they have a weak schedule to start the season, but they got Nevada next week. Uh, excuse me Nevada next week they have Stanford a week after that then they have a bye then they're at Arizona State at Colorado so I mean they should Ooh, they man. should get right these next two weeks if they're still Ooh. in make still making these mistakes against like Stanford and Arizona yeah. State then you could say okay that's a problem that's a problem but they got some athletes though that's for sure they got some athletes mm-hmm. but that's always USC
2: yep because they're all in their backyard Yep. John Fox, uh Vince, just want to say I've been at the first two pen games this year, and your son is a great kicker. Well, thanks, John. He works really hard at it and he takes a lot of pride in what he does. And so he's a little injured. Don't tell his coach, uh, because he still wants to play. So uh, but thank you, John.
1: You thank just you. told everyone.
2: I know, but his coach isn't watching. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest. He's getting ready for hope cathedral. Not. He's getting ready for cathedral.
1: I yeah, hope uh, not. And where's it at? Uh, is it at cathedral?
2: Yeah. Yeah, get to make a trip down to Indy set on Friday.
1: Interesting.
2: Yep. James Ingles, uh, mailbag. What type of offense defense does Tennessee state run?
1: I honestly don't know a lot about Tennessee state. I, I just other structurally, they appear to be a four defense and a spread offense is the best I can tell. I haven't, there's just not a ton of film out there of them. I mean, a lot of our focus this week, we'll give you a little bit of knowledge about them, but a lot of our focus this week is going to be on Notre Dame. Yeah. But, um, yeah, spread offense, four to five, pretty mobile quarterback last year. I, I haven't looked at their depth chart yet, to be completely honest with you. But uh yeah, that's what we'll that's what we'll see. This is an interesting take right here, Ryan. Oh
2: uh Matt says, uh, first of all, thanks for the super chat, Matt. USC reminds me of a Weiss
1: team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talented athletic, score, yep. not good fundamentally, not real yep. physical, not very good on defense. Last night, that's what they look like. But again, I just want to say it's one game, right? right? It's just, it's one game. It's the opener. It's, I just, I would not put a lot into that. And I'd be saying the same thing if they won 80 to nothing and everybody's freaking out about how good USC looked. I'd be saying the same thing. Guys, it's one game. It's one game. I'd have been saying that if Notre Dame would have won a sloppy game over Navy yesterday. Fellas, it's one game. Yep. Ladies, it's one game. And, and I'll say the same thing about Notre Dame's convincing victory events. I mean, they looked great yesterday. Yeah. But no one's handing Notre Dame the national championship trophy because of how bad they beat Navy, right? They've got to go out nope. and prove it now, week after week after week. And it was a great foundational game. It was a great foundational game. There's a lot of teams in the country that would could wish in game one they could play sloppy rusty football and win 56 to 28. There's a lot of teams that wish they could do that, right? And so now yeah. they for USC, they just got to show if they can kind of not be that way all year, because the problem with Charlie's teams is is what they were in week one is just kind of what they were the whole year. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were just fundamentally unsound. They just weren't real physical. They just, they just weren't a well-coached football team. That's just who they always are. I've seen teams look like you-know-what in the opener. I mean, as good as Notre Dame looked against Navy in 2012, they looked equally as bad the next week against Purdue. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, okay, who were they? Well, they right. were kind of in between those two teams. You know what I mean? And and so that's why you never overreact too much or too little to to one opponent. I mean, because we don't know what some of these teams are. I remember, what was it? Was it 2016 or 2017? I'm trying to remember the year that Alabama uh, beat Florida State in the opener. And I think it might have been 2016. What year was that? Give me a second. I'm going to find this. Is uh, it 2017? Yeah, 2017. You know, Alabama comes out and beats Florida State in the opener, and you're thinking, man, that was a great win. I think Florida State was like a preseason top 10 team. You know, what a great win. And Florida State ends up going 7-6 and six that year. They lost the next week to NC State, lost two weeks after that to Miami, lost to Louisville at home, got spanked by Boston College by 32. They weren't a very good team.
2: Yeah, We
1: really don't know what these teams are. You don't really know what the – I mean, let's say San Jose State's actually going to be really good this year in the in the Mountain West. And you're going to look back on this game at the end of the year and be like, yo, you're beating them that way, that's pretty impressive to be able to beat them that way. I don't know the answer to that, right? But I do know this. They have athletes on both sides of the ball. But if they're going to be the team people think they're going to be, they got a lot to clean up. Yep. A lot to clean up, no doubt about it.
2: Another super chat from Tom Frawley. Brian, and Vince. Kudos to your preseason reporting on this team. Pretty much everything you said showed up in yesterday's game. Great job, fellas.
1: Well, now they just got to do it week after week, right? Because yeah. if they don't show this team, if they don't, if they're not this team, the next eleven games, no one's going to be like, "Hey, you guys were right ab- about this team." Remember how they played in that one game? That's kind of what I was I liked about this team is the things we did see. Vince did translate. Sure, because you and I have been at practices in past years where it's like I'm not really sure how this team, this part of this team, is going to be, and then you realize, well, they're actually better than I thought. And then there's been other years where you're like, hey, I think this part of the team is going to be pretty good, and then they get up to the season and you're like, wow, they're not nearly as good as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, and so you don't really know. But yeah, I was happy to see the the fire that they played with last night. I mean, there's going to be stuff to clean up, right? It's like. When we rewatched the defense, there was more mistakes on the defense than I thought there was going to be.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's the thing about watch rewatching the game is that there, you can only watch so much when you're watching it live, and then you have to go back and you got to check it out. And that is what we always do. That's why we do. That's why this show kind of came about in the first place because we love doing the post game show and we love you know breaking it down as best we can live and, and giving you guys what we see but then we always go back and because we're coaches and that's what coaches do. That's why it, it is very cliche for a coach to be like, well I ha- I gotta watch the film before I you know kind of comment on this. It's true because especially when you're on the sideline like you can only see yeah. so much. And that's how it is for us too. So uh it, that's why this show is fun to be honest. From Matt, thank you so much for an I believe another super chat. Yeah oh okay i feel the depth of notre dame is better than it's been in a while under every coach since holtz we haven't had that depth i think this team could be special
1: man i think you're i think that's a great observation i think that's i don't think that's a big difference between this team is the depth of talent that's a big part of it is the depth of talent i just now they've got to put it all together right and that's kind of was our big question is yeah there's there's no doubt this is the d- deepest team I've seen of Notre Dame of depth of talent. But like some of the depth is young. Some of the depth is still learning. Some of the depth is, you sure. know, it, it, in what we saw, like it's a little easier for a really talented freshman receiver, in my opinion, to come in and ready play if you're coaching the team right than it is for a freshman linebacker to come in and play, for example. So does this mean Jaden Greathouse is better than Drake Bowen? Not necessarily. It just means the opportunity was there more. And yeah. it's a position that doesn't require as much of a transition. You know, but but I also think that that some of these young guys they did get like Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores are, are far more advanced than they've seen we've seen from freshmen in the past physically, mentally, emotionally, yeah. schematically, experientially. I mean, Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores were incredibly productive high school receivers. They have played a lot of football, and it showed. And they're very talented kids. And and look, props to Chad Bowden and, and the recruiting staff and, and Marcus Freeman because you're starting to see. The difference in talent this year, because there are so many freshmen and sophomores that were Marcus Freeman, Chad Bowden recruits on the field, right? And so you're you're looking at 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 Jaden Greathouse and Tobias and Rico and Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price and Jabron Payne right. and you know all those kind of guys and and uh, you know uh, Benjamin Morrison and Josh Burnham and you know that the, those talented players and and you're saying hey these guys are these guys are pretty good yeah and you're seeing the recruiting. Pay off. That's oh, a big yeah. part of it.
2: There's no doubt about it. I'm still laughing at the text you got last night. So, it just cracks me up.
1: Which one was that?
2: Well, I can't really say who it was from. Oh, yes, yeah. But I got gotcha. you. The story yeah. made no, me no, laugh. No,
1: no, no. We're good. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Sorry. I uh, like I said the sorry, mic went I out, should... so I apologize. Oh, it's all good. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but thanks
2: for the super good. chat. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's thank you, Canada let, let from up North. One.
1: Appreciate that. Woo. Uh, JHT
2: nineteen eighty eight. Good year. Was Cam caught peeking, or is he too amped to make a big play, and that's why he got burned?
1: I think he got caught peeking. caught kind of yeah. caught, And that's the same thing that happened to him last year. Footed. He was yeah. caught
2: a little flat-footed because he was peeking in yep. the backfield. Yeah, I noticed that yep. as well.
1: Yep. And that happened to him again last year, but fortunately, yeah. but see, here's the thing, this is something that I liked though, Vince. Last year, and I said it last night, and I'll repeat it again. Last year, when a guy would make a mistake, there was nobody to pick him up, and it would just be a big play. We saw two times DBs made big mistakes, cam peaking and and uh, DJ Brown falling down. Yeah, well, what happened? Somebody else stepped up, made a play to prevented the quarterback yeah. from making the necessary throw that he needed to make. That's what good teams do. We're like, hey, you you, you messed up on this one, but I got you, right? Because there's going to be one of these days where I'm going to mess up. I need you to get me, right? Cam Hart's not going to be the only talented cornerback to get caught peeking in the backfield a couple times this season, right? right? But right. somebody's got to pick you up, and that's what we saw last night that we didn't see last year. So that was a great sign, great sign. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
2: Matt, another super chat. Thank you so much. I'm thinking week eight on when injury depletes the offense. I don't like that word. Uh, we yeah. finally have cats that can sub in and matter. I love the, the the concept of your of your comment. I just hope the word deplete doesn't actually happen.
1: No, he's saying he's thinking about oh, week eight when it when injury deplete like uh, when like in the past when it's happened. I'm thinking right, okay. week week eight on when injury depletes the offense. We finally have cats that can sub in and matter. I think is what he's saying is is you're going to lose guys, right? Sure. And It tends to happen as you get later in the year, and finally Notre name is in position to where if that happens, it's not devastating because they're going to lose somebody and you just, you just don't see a team go through an entire season and not lose somebody. Sure. Right. And now they're in a little bit better position to say, you know, you got to be careful who that somebody is, Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: they're in a position to say, Hey, we're going to be all right. You know, we're going to be all right.
2: I was quickly trying to uh, look up the schedule for next week, but Tyler Evans, thank you for the super chat says any games next week that you're excited to watch. Or can't wait to play out. I know oh, Florida State, LSU. There are some and great very games next week. About that game.
1: Yes. Uh, that's on Sunday, right? Um, so the games I'm excited to watch actually begin on Friday, Vince, or Thursday. Excuse oh, Thursday. me. Florida, Thursday. Florida, yeah. Utah's Thursday night. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that game. Uh, really want to see what they do. And, and another Thursday night game that I'm very curious to see, Vince, is Nebraska and Minnesota. I really want to see what Matt okay. Rule's team looks like. I do. Okay. Uh, Friday night, Louisville, Georgia Tech, two teams with new coaches. Obviously, Notre Dame plays one of those teams. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Um, you know, Colorado, TCU, just because I want to see, you know, the hype about yeah. them is is going to be crazy. I just want to kind of right. see what that what that looks like. Uh, Boise State, Washington, we're going to get a first glimpse to see kind of. How it is. It's going to be. A- hey, did you see that? By the way, speaking of, of last what? night, did you see UMass got an impressive victory last night? Did you see did that? They? Yeah, no, they, they beat didn't. New Mexico State third, 41 to 30. It was 13 okay. to 10 going into the fourth quarter. <sighs> UMass outscored New Mexico State 28 to 20 in the fourth quarter. Alone. So there's a lot of fourth quarter scoring last night, man, in that game.
2: 31 to 20 um, in the second half, I'm seeing. As yes. I look that up. Wow. Yes.
1: Yeah, a lot of scoring in the second half. Couple Man. other games, obviously. Vince, we talked about Sunday is the game. Oh, West Virginia, Penn State. Here's a game I'm looking forward to watching: is North Carolina, South Carolina. That's going to be a really interesting game because those are two sleeper teams in those conferences. Um, those, that's going to be interesting. And then Monday, Clemson at Duke. That's another one on Monday night. Clemson at Duke. I'm looking forward to watching that one. Away. So there's a lot of great games this weekend. There are a lot a of lot great of games this weekend. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'll wow. be watching a lot of a lot of football this weekend, everybody. Like Brian, yeah. why didn't you get any get those breakdowns done this week? Uh-huh. sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I mean,
2: there may be an iPad sitting right here while yeah. we're going upon further review well, next week. Because it's actually kind of, we, we, we kind
1: of interesting. We kinda had a question about that, Vince, from John Kievers. So speaking of of what you just said, this is a perfect time to bring up John's question.
2: <laughs> yes, it is. It says fun question. Brian, what does your setup look like? How many computer screens are in front of you and where are they positioned?
1: So when I'm watching games from home and, and obviously last night, since I wasn't in Ireland, I was watching the game at home. I have three, three different devices up and a fourth if I need it. So, uh, sometimes I'll have more, but since there was no other games on last night, so I have my, I, my laptop. So I was upstairs watching it. I have my laptop that has, um, like the message board and it's got the stats and it's got my play by play. And I have a, I have a notepad in front of me, that I take notes of each play, what I see, questions I need to go back and look at in between the series. Then I had a monitor hooked up to my iPad over here that had the game on. That's always like two plays behind or a play behind. And so I have, then I have the, I had the TV on in the living room watching it, the TV. And so that was my setup for the game. Now, when Notre Dame's not playing, Vince, I have a lot more devices set up. Right. I've got my iPad, my, both my iPads, my work iPad and my personal iPad. Got those set up. Got the TV with a game, the side monitor with a game, or the excuse me, the the laptop with a game, the monitor with a game, and then the TV with the game. So sometimes I'll have like four or five games going at once uh, if I'm just watching games. Like if it's like during Notre Dame's bye week, my setup is sweet. Sweet, yes. I told Angela. I said, "Hey, I want to, I want to actually take the TV we have downstairs and set that up in my office, and then take the TV we have upstairs and set that up down in the basement, and then buy a new TV for upstairs." I was like, "Yes," as I had it all planned out. She just looks at me like, "Okay, never mind." Like most wives, when you want to get a big TV, yeah. Guess not. That. Yeah, <laughs> I was just playing. I was just playing. I just want to test you, see what you're thinking. You look you on know. your face. <laughs> <laughs> so that conversation wasn't very long <laughs> so. i've had many of those <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah all right let's get back to it
2: uh, matt no hate or worry yet on tobias but did he look off or uninspired or is this just
1: his personality he is not a in he is not a rah-rah emotional guy mm-hmm. he is a very calm kid so no he did not look off or uninspired at all that's his demeanor oh, i thought it. He- that's like he how he said, plays. He well blocked, blocked his butt that. off I mean, in the game. Yeah, that's why and all the, on the guys, field. listen: if Sam Hartman makes a, a better throw to bias, it's a touchdown. And now the drop, that's on him. That's for on sure. him. The drops on him. He was open on multiple say. other snaps. He was open in the game. He's he and yeah, he's, like somebody says, he's got to make a player better playing the ball. Okay, I understand that, but again, go back and watch the play and and if he goes up for the ball, there's no way he gets his foot down. None. Right. I think he showed good field awareness on that particular play. I just want to see him – my whole thing is as he gets older and is more experienced, he'll understand, I can't get to this ball. And so my best bet is to draw the pass. So, like, he got interfered with, but there's things yeah. that a, a, a veteran receiver will do that he knows I'm not catching this ball, so I need to draw a pass interference. Right. And as Tobias gets older and gets more experience, so you know maybe later in the year, next year, senior year, he'll know this ball is way late. I got to jump up and let the guy run through me and over dramatic and like flail my arms. And that's right. what veteran receivers do. Well, guess what guys, he's not a veteran receiver yet. That's going to come. But if Sam does a better job and Sam knows it, cause go look at how Sam reacted after oh, the play. Yeah. He Pissed at himself. He's like, you know, but no, I mean, t- go watch, Tab- I'll tell you what, go watch the run plays when there's is in the game and you tell me he was uninspired. Yeah. Right. Did he play well? Not 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 in those that one situation, but he got himself open in some others, and he blocked very well. We just tend to we tend to overreact to the one or two plays that we saw, and then not focus on the other ones that we right. see. Right. right.
2: Jeff Stork has any freshman receiver scored two touchdowns in his first game before? Ooh.
1: So J.P. Bulesfeld said that Derek Mays – uh, did that in 1992. Okay. In his first game, I think is what he said. I, I don't know about anybody else. So, uh, but that's what JP texted me today. I couldn't tell you if, um, uh, I, I couldn't tell you a mess. Like, I know Michael Floyd caught a touchdown in his first career catch, but he only caught like one pass that game. Remember that like, in San Diego State? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um,
2: Where's, where's Lou when you need him? I know. I know. He didn't, didn't know this. He didn't known this.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, Uh, I just pulled up the thing that allows me to go look at the box score for the 92 game. So I'm actually going to try to to see that because I do believe Derek Mays was a freshman in 1992. Like, I know Golden Tate didn't catch two touchdowns his first game. I mean, Will Fuller didn't. You know, Michael Floyd didn't. Samarja didn't. Stovall didn't. I mean, no, no one that I can think of did as a freshman Michael Mayer didn't so I, I I don't know anyone that did I'm sure there's some somebody at Notre Dame could kind of point that out but I'm going to look and see the box score here it's actually uh 1992 I'm waiting to see this give me one second I'm, I'm about to be at that page so let's go to the Notre Dame Northwestern game box scored looks like Derek Mays yeah, he doesn't they don't have him down here for two touchdowns in this game. So yeah. Or well, what year was Derek Mays a freshman? I'm going to look this up real quick.
2: Well, and it is is it the first game that he played in or the first game of the season?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find out. Yeah. So I'm gonna see what because it definitely we'll see. I'll we'll keep going through it, man. But I don't see Derek getting any catches anyway in that game. So, but yeah, I don't know when his first game was, but that's just what somebody told me last night. I don't know of anybody else that's done that. So, looks like he scored twice in this game. This would have been who against Purdue? No, that was the week before. Okay, so it looks like Derek Mays's first touchdown came, I think it's Michigan State. I only caught one in that game. So yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I just tell you what I was told, but I don't know who that would have been. I don't know that anybody's done that, to be honest with you. None of the big guys that big time guys that I know of have done that. I like this name. This is hilarious.
2: All right. I was still looking. I was trying to help you look stuff up. All right, it's a good it's day because I'm not BK. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> At the end of the season, which receiver do you guys think will have the most receptions?
1: I said probably Jaden Thomas. That, We've we talked. I, I mean, say my too. my answer yeah. hasn't changed because of one game. No. I mean. No.
2: Yeah. No. Still Jaden Thomas.
1: Somebody asked this question. Eric Santini says, Brian, don't you think if he would have caught the ball, he would have been tackled for a loss? So smart it wasn't. It, so it wasn't it smart not to catch it? If you if you could tell me if you could convince me that he dropped it on purpose, maybe. But <laughs> not convinced that he dropped it on purpose. You know, yeah. I mean, there, there. To me, there's no, there's no evidence that he dropped it on purpose. Yeah. So I can't tell you that, that it was smart. I mean, look, I I think there's a time and a place to say that that's smart. I would say this, I would never tell a receiver to drop a bubble screen because it's that type of route where it's always going to be a little bit close to being a backwards pass. And it just takes one bad official or one bad officiating crew to get that wrong. And you just had a turnover. So bubble screen is not a play where like there's throw a check down. You're like, Hey man, when you're, He's throwing you a check down cuz he's falling down and you're 6 yards behind the line of scrimmage. So Back that sucker down. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you'll teach that to guys, but that that to me was not one of those instances where you could convince me that he meant to drop that. I'm not saying right. that he maybe shouldn't have. I'm just saying I don't think that he did. I'm trying to actually find that play right now that T uh It was it was
2: early, wasn't it? It was the first, was drive.
1: first drive. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a first and ten play. So, but yeah, we'll we'll find it here. It was not that play. But I'll go ahead and look it up, Vince, as we're moving on to other questions. I just think he did that on purpose.
2: Brian Berkshire, did you guys notice that during the timeout before the Thomas touchdown, Sam and Jaden were actually discussing the route he then ran for the touchdown?
1: I did not see that.
2: Nope but if that happened i'd say
1: that's a very astute huh
2: how do you know that that's the route he was talking about i
1: would imagine that just there's pointing going on okay. something along those lines i didn't see it so i can't really comment yeah. on it but oh, fair um, enough um yeah let me go look this up i'm i'm at that play now so i'm just looking at it here real quick to see if he uh there might be an indication he did this on purpose here real quick so just give me a second so they're throwing the bubble screen now yeah i'm i'm not a given it would i mean That was bad blocking by Jaden Thomas on that play. That was one of the two I had him marked down on. I don't know that it would have been a loss, but there's nothing on that play that makes me think Tobias did that on purpose. Yeah. So, and, you know, I'm I'm a Tobias fan. So, yeah, he doesn't know that he's about to get tackled for a loss. He's got his school. Yeah. It wasn't a great throw, but it was very catchable. It should have been caught. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No doubt.
2: Johnny S, ASU's self-imposed bowl ban is like me refusing to date a supermodel.
1: (laughs) I I think their self-imposed bowl ban just pisses me off about Arizona State. It pisses me off about the NCAA. The fact that you're doing bowl bans to me I think are the stupidest thing ever because the reality is the money they would have to pay to not take a bowl ban is greater than what they would make by playing in whatever bowl game they're going to play in this year because they know they're not going to be a great team this year. So if they make a bowl game, it's going to be like the Sun Bowl or some bowl. They're not making a lot of money. They right. watched Tennessee pay eight million to not have to get a bowl ban, and they basically said, "We don't want to pay that. We'll just take the loss for the bowl game." And and so I think it's crap. I think it's once again a school in the NCAA because the NCAA should that shouldn't even be an option. You can't right. put yourself on a bowl ban because that is we only make that decision. And you're doing, you're punishing the current staff and current group of players for things done by people that are no longer there. And I think that's just one of the dumbest things ever. Yep. It's like if Vince, if I hired you know you to do a job that I fired somebody else to do, and then I'm like being, I'm taking it out on you that it was done poorly. And you're like, dude, what the freaking heck is wrong with you, man? I didn't do this wrong. That's how stupid this is. And for the school to deprive the kids of 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 that opportunity, now they may not qualify for a bowl game anyway. But now you're going to look back and say, well, were the kids really inspired? You know, who who knows? But I just thought it was – it's just I hate it. It'd be one thing if like Herm Edwards was still the coach. Yeah. Yeah, you got to punish them because you chose not to. I think those type of things should never be about like the whole taking games away and bowl games. What they should do is penalties like that should all be financial and they should all be severe. Mm-hmm. That's what gets people to stop. But the NCAA is going the opposite direction. They're going to start lessening penalties in my opinion, because they just don't want to have to deal with the lawsuits because they're a bunch of freaking cowards. So that's my stance. I'm not going to get into a rant tonight, though, because I just don't want to. Did you want to not do
2: that question that you just had up?
1: What did I have up? What was it?
2: Uh, It's from Cal.
1: I missed it. I didn't even have a chance to read
2: it. It's okay. Yeah, let me go
1: try and find it. So we'll go to this one from Scott, and I'll go back up and try to find it. I thought it was the one that we had up from before. I'm sorry, Cal. I'll go try and find it
2: uh scott l with the transfer portal and schools recruiting players to leave their teams how much should notre dame preserve eligibility for any players you can't think like that like that that's that you can't think about what's going to happen in the future and if guys are going to leave you have to think about what's best for your team right now yes you're looking into the future on some of these guys but you're looking at it from the scope of your team
1: not and and you know which guys are going to be upset or which guys are not you know and that's – I found Cal's question. That That's what it comes down to. Your your job this weekend was to get ready to play and beat Navy. Yes. And then get your team ready to play the rest of the year. If you have a guy that's going to transfer after because you didn't play in the first couple games, he was eventually going to leave when something didn't go his right. way anyway. Yeah.
2: You can't think you know like
1: that. that. I want to say guys well enough to know, like, they're not going to be in their feelings because they didn't play in the first game. And, and they you know, you probably had those con- – you love, would hope you had those conversations with them. Yeah, you know let them know kind of where they stood on that re- in that regard. So, I would hope. I mean, look, there are there are time. You look, you got to make some of those decisions sometimes. Sure, you have to make decisions of hey, we got to play this guy because if we don't play this guy, he's going to leave, and this guy can help us. And so, you know, maybe maybe we expedite that process a little bit, right? And so, I, I'm okay with that to a degree. I just don't want to see it to where it's like you're playing a guy who's not ready. Just because you know he he does, you think he's going to leave? That that's where I that's where I'm not a fan of that. To be honest with you, Vince, that's when I get a little bit like, nah, that's dumb. Yeah. That. So. Yeah. But I understand I mean, not, coming out, I just I think Vince, you nailed it. It's just you can't. You've got to. You can't. You got to make decisions on what's best for you to win football games.
2: Correct. Yep. Xavier Kilowatts. I like that. Is it more significant or less that Maris played well against Navy? His weakness in the past, uh, does trip option stress it more or less?
1: Uh, Ryan talked about this before the game, and and he said this is not the kind of game that's a – this is not a Maris-Louis type of game mm-hmm. normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's structured. It's disciplined. It's playing within the system and all that kind of stuff, and that's normally not a Maris type of deal. Right. And so the fact that he did play well in that circumstance is a good sign, I think, in in his and in, in his view, yeah. and I and I agree with him. That was the point of what he was trying to say. So I I actually think it was a good thing that he played that way uh, and and performed the way that he did against this particular opponent. I absolutely think yeah. it's a good thing.
2: It's an absolute step in the right direction because it shows he's yeah. disciplined, but he can still play. You know, fast and athletically, and all of those different things. So yeah, I yep. think it's definitely a good thing.
1: He played, dis- he played disciplined. Yes. That's the big thing, and and yep. the triple option to hit to the point that 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 Cal's asking here is that's or Xavier's asking here is that's when Maris has not played well is when he's got to play disciplined football, right? And last night he did, he did yep. play disciplined football last night, and that that's what the great question was. And, yeah, so good one. Let's get to the last – we've got the last couple here, I think, and this is Cal's question.
2: Cal, do you think the interior line needs to prove more because Navy's blitzes were from the outside? There was plenty from the inside as well.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, most teams don't blitz like that, right? And and so picking up blitzes is not not a problem from a physical standpoint. It's a problem from a do-you-know-the-system standpoint. And I think the thing that impressed me last night is they – they played sound football. But here's the other part is outside blitzes require inside guys to still have to make decisions they wouldn't normally make against normal pass pro. So hey, if I got to fan out, because if like normally if I'm lined up and I'm a guard and I'm uncovered, and the tackle's got a guy on them, and I've got an inside backer and an outside backer, in certain calls, I got to know that if the left tackle makes a call, he's fanning out to the pick up the blitzer. i got to fan out and take the guy over top of him, and the back's got to pick up the inside blitzing linebacker. So that outside pressure is affecting me because I've got to now work outside and help out here, or if this guy doesn't come on the inside, i got to now be the guy to work out outside. You'll see that too where I'll get in pass pro, and I'm kind of blocking these two to these two. If the inside guy comes, i got to take him. It's almost like what you do with a running back. But if he doesn't come and I've got nobody to block, I'm looking outside for work, right? And and so it, it stresses you. Outside pressure stress you as a guard as well, It's just not in a, as direct of a manner as you might see from inside blitzers. But the other big thing for me is I, I liked what they did in the run game. I mean, that was the big thing for me, the physicality showed in the run game. Yep. But here's the deal. Every member of the team has something to prove. After game one, it's one game. I mean, we have seen Sam Hartman have some brilliant games in his career. And then the next week, go show throw four picks. I mean, he still has stuff to prove as well. Jaden Greathouse has stuff to prove. Audrey Castamane has stuff to prove. Everybody has something to prove. It's one game. That's a very impressive game. But everybody has something to prove. And the guards played great on Saturday. But the key, Cal, is they've got to now play well week after week after week after week, not great one week and not good the next week. But to your point, your question, I don't I don't think that it was necessarily, oh, they weren't stressed because the pressures from outside. There were still also pressures inside as well. They aren't they're not an outside only pressure team. There were plenty of inside triggers. And I thought for the most part they handled those well. They weren't perfect but I thought they handled it pretty well. So I think we learned a lot from it. Every week presents a different challenge for you. And and that's going to be the thing is every week is going to give you a little bit of a different look that you've got to step up and meet it. And that's the good, what the good teams do. The good teams step up and meet those unique challenges week after week, after week, are these guards good enough to do that? Don't know. All I know is they played really well yesterday. And then hopefully they do that again next week and then they string some together. And that's when we'll have a better idea, Cal, if they're legit or not. But right now they are batting a thousand. They needed to play really well in one game and they played really well in one game. Now let's see what they do against Tennessee State and, and move them forward. But yep. you know that that it's a, I think it's a fair question, Vince. It's a very fair it question. Oh, for sure. just, I, I think there's still a lot to prove, even if you're not necessarily always being blitzed right at you. Right. In my view. So yeah, good question. So I think that Vince, I believe that is the last question that I have targeted. Okay. So let's get down, uh, yeah. So I think um I think that's it. So yeah, let's okay. let's rock and roll. Let's get us out of here.
2: Well, thanks everybody for joining us on chapter one, the first edition of upon further review. It was a fun review because Notre Dame won, frankly. Um, and uh hopefully you have more of those coming up. But Uh, Stay tuned, man. Uh, we got a big week planned. Uh, Obviously, the opponent that Notre Dame is going to play, Tennessee State, maybe is not the most exciting, but that does not mean we aren't going to bring the business to you. So make sure you tune in. Uh, Recruiting hour tomorrow in the afternoon. I know Ryan's going to have some good stuff about uh, some guys and what they did in their first couple of weeks uh, in high
1: school ball. I'm actually getting ready to publish that. uh, The article he did on that right now, he did an article on it, but, yeah, he'll talk about that in the show tomorrow. Yep. He's going to talk it's about a that. Big tomorrow. weekend for some dudes. Speaking of pass I mean, catchers, Ryan or Vince, just want to throw yeah. this out there. Oh, I know so talk about how good Notre Dame's freshman receivers are. Here's <laughs> yeah. the numbers for Notre Dame's 2024 receivers. Cam Hartman had five touchdowns, three rushing or three receiving, and he had uh, two two kick returns. Um, and Micah Gilbert had seven catches for 132 yards. And two touchdowns. Logan Saldate had six catches for 171 yards uh, this past weekend as well. So yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good uh, week for the Notre Dame um, receivers all around. Young receivers all around, future, present, and future. So yeah, too bad. Pretty not too bad. Pretty good day. Pretty good day. Yeah.
2: So make sure you guys check out the at the big show in the afternoon make sure you check out ivy nation sports talk at six o'clock monday through thursday and, uh, and then of course can't forget mailbag friday mailbag friday folks they're all good days so uh make sure you like you subscribe you uh give us a five-star review all of those fun things and then make sure you get on the boards because there's a lot of stuff Brian's putting out this year that hasn't been done in the past a lot of uh breakdowns some numbers some you, you like to crunch those numbers you want to get in there and get on the boards folks there's going to be some good stuff there's also going to be some film breakdown I do believe
1: yes on the board as well that'll so. come a little bit later in the week yep but yes yeah but it'll be the yep. statistical stuff will kind of come out in waves over the course of a couple of days and you love know, it. just gonna be some of that. So like we'll we'll get it out mm-hmm. starting Sunday all the way through Tuesday is as you know, and just kind of do it as it comes, right? So, you know, get the, the past game stuff broken down first and then I'll move on to you know um the run game stuff and just kind of keep going from that regard. So that's that's how it's gonna go. Love it, love it. So it's gonna be hey. a lot of fun. So, and then the film part will come last. The film yep. the film breakdown will come last. So
2: Love it. Yeah. All right, folks. Irish Breakdown's your place to get it, so make sure you guys stick around. Uh, week one is in the books, officially, with our pawn Further Review, and so one know Gotta be one to know every week, so here we go. Week two coming up. So, for Brian, I'm Vince, and we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown podcast.
1: 1 p.m. all week, somebody asked. 1 all p.m. Right. all oh, week. Oh,
2: there we go. 1 p.m. all week, and then, of course, don't forget, folks, post-game, pre-game, and then Upon further review every Sunday at 8 o'clock. So, lots of fun. Lots of fun. We're coming at you seven days a week, folks. All right? Coming at you strong. So, for Brian, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.